What's up, folks? Happy Monday. This is the Emulsion episode, lucky number 13 today. The Emulsion, if you don't know, is a podcast. Uh, I am Captain Obvious today. This is my podcast. This is where I give my opinion as well as dish out some facts on stories that I think matter to me in the food slash restaurant slash chef scene over the past week. Yes, yes, I promised a guest this week, and I don't have one again today. I'm so sorry. Uh, I deeply apologize if you were coming here hoping to hear my voice and someone else's, but uh, from this point on, I promise to not hype up guests until they're a real thing, until they're like on the calendar, until I've sent them the questions. This guest is still going to come on. We're still committed, but I've actually just emailed another amazing and interesting individual. I want to do that again this week. I'm going to send out a few emails to people in my circle that will hopefully uh, dedicate their time to answer some questions with me on the show because getting a little bit of a different perspective is always great and that's more or less what the show uh, is built on. Is built. It's a part of the show in in its truest sense. Uh, This guest lives overseas, which is another problem. Uh, He just didn't end up getting back to me in time and blah. Doesn't matter. Today, there's a lot of cool stuff to be covered by me. And let's be real, isn't that what the whole reason that you come here is to listen to me? Today's beverage is actually a mushroom coffee. Tim Ferriss uh, successfully advertised for Sigmatic, which is a company from Finland to me in his podcast. And a buddy of mine split a two month supply of this stuff with me. Uh, so together we are entering the mushroom coffee realm. It's two kinds of mushrooms and coffee that you just kind of mix together with water and drink. Uh, it actually tastes pretty good, and the caffeine buzz on it is great. Uh, I'm not being paid to say this. I just really feel like I need to give a background when I tell people that I'm drinking mushroom coffee, uh, just to make sure that you know that I'm not getting loopy before my show. Uh, it's being enjoyed out of this mug, if you can see it on the video. Here, I'll focus a little bit better. If you can tell me what color this is, you get bonus points today. Uh, And if you're not watching, I'm not entirely sure what I can have you do. But uh, it's from Ikea, and that's what I'm drinking. A little ASMR action. Okay, let's get into today's stories. So first and foremost, I want to talk about uh, and hopefully close the book on a story that you've probably seen in your newsfeed, even if you aren't in the industry over the last few months, and that's the story of Noma, Mexico. Uh, And this is going to be kind of short and sweet because we've covered this uh, previously on the show, but Food & Wine just came out with their review on the experience. And it's just so remarkably well-written as opposed to some of the other people that um, would either just post photos and talk about the dishes. Uh, The writing in it is very, very well done. And I do... um, The photos are also by Evan Sung, if you're a fan of his uh, photography skills. He does all the photos for the article. Uh, I'll let you kind of read the article in its entirety, but I do want to remark on one line of it, and that line is, quote, Half of what is eaten at Noma is delicious. The better half is not delicious, perhaps not even pleasurable to eat. What those courses do is take you by the shoulders and rattle your mind around until you see clearly what is what, end quote. And this is an interesting point to me because the last time, maybe you guys can correct me if you've heard it uh, more recently than that, is that the last time that I've heard this many critiques about a place consistently in that sort of fashion where like some of the dishes were mind-blowing and some dishes weren't even that great, but they kind of like tested people's beliefs is from El Bui. Uh, 
the closest one maybe after that would maybe be Austria Francescana, but even in that realm, he plays so much on memories that it's difficult to kind of make that uh, comparison. But after a $750 check average, one would kind of hope that that was the result you'd come away with um, from that experience. But this idea of telling a story about something bigger than the chef is exciting. And in my opinion, that's why Noma Mexico won and why they're doing so well. Um, but like I said, there's been enough coverage on that. There's enough you can read on that. Uh, and this is just a very great article. I'm pretty sure this is the last week. If I'm not mistaken, it may have may not um, have also been finished um but they had a great run they proved a lot of people wrong uh and it's something to kind of be remarked on so hopefully that closes the book on the noma mexico story next up is a follow-up on a story that we talked about last week about females in the kitchen and this is something that i personally wanted to do as well as include some commentary from you guys the viewers uh there's a great comment thread on the YouTube video of this show, of last week's show. If you go on my YouTube channel, I will that, that's also going to be linked up in the show notes, but you can go ahead and check back on that episode. And look at the comment section. Myself and a listener, before I get any deeper, uh, had a chat about it, basically. That's the point uh, of this show, and that is why I wanted to re-bring this back up and just make sure that we acknowledge that this happened because this is more or less the point of this entire project, the emulsion project. I want to start a conversation, uh, and I want it to be about these things that media outlets kind of just tell us in the forms of headlines or kind of like editors writing, and um, it's kind of like few and far between do we get opinions from people that are either in the industry or have that unique point of reference where they're actually in it, uh, a lot of times it's either just commentary or sometimes it's uh, chefs get asked things and they kind of get bullied into giving certain responses. Um, but I want this show to be a place where people can come and give their, you know, kind of like unadulterated opinion on things. Uh, and I'm definitely just one guy and I definitely do not believe that in the past uh, eight years of the industry that that has made me anything uh as an authority, but I definitely have formed some ideas and beliefs, and I never want to push them on anyone. Uh, however, I do feel like that experience is make sure that I can form an opinion, a, a educated opinion, and make sure that I can share the stories with you and the facts with you, and then afterwards give my opinion because I think it's important to stand for certain things, especially when you make an industry your life in, in, in the way that I have. So, after this YouTube back and forth, which was 100% friendly, I don't want to make it sound like it was a weird internet fight, the viewer, who is actually a friend, uh, sent me this article, which I'm going to cover now on the show. It's from January 2016, so it's a little over a year old now, from Edible, the Bay Area publication dedicated to all things food, and the article is titled, Girl Talk, Top Chefs on Why Women Don't Get the Respect They Deserve in the Kitchen. And it literally, it's, it's funny, it literally starts off with my opinion. Quote, enough already. Let the record show that San Francisco's goddesses of food would rather do anything else than talk about being a female chef. Sexism in professional kitchens or whether gender has played a role in their culinary career, successes or failures. End quote. Uh, sorry, we'll, we'll restart that quote again. For starters, they're too busy cooking. They don't want to be teared down with the, tarred down with the top female chef tag, even though we in the media do that all to them all the time. They want to be acknowledged as damn good cooks, period. End quote. 
So go ahead and read the full piece. It's pretty long, but there's a lot of um, really good interviews, many saying similar things. Uh, not necessarily about what I just referenced, but a lot of the times they ask the female chefs very similar questions and they give very similar answers. But I'll share with you uh, one more quick quote from the article. Quote, this has been, this has become as boring as reading about David Chang or burgers or pizza or kale or fusion ramen or anything else that gets beaten to a certain death, end quote. Yes, it's an eye roll to talk about uh, the entire female chef issue, but I truly do believe that if myself and others that want to be on a certain cutting edge of things take the, like, basically take the past as the past and move the needle forward a little bit, then we can basically talk about like, remember when kale was a thing in the same breath as, like, remember when best female chef was a thing? And that's where I'm going to end this story. Next up is a story from Vox, a video even. It's not even an article, so you can watch if you're not in the mood for reading. And that's all about food waste. Uh, so it's very well done. They consult MIT as well as other government agencies to kind of get their information on the story. There's a remarkable psychology to it, food waste, as far as uh, what we as consumers uh think about is food waste. They give an example of people literally feel worse dropping an egg carton, like a whole carton of eggs when they get home from the grocery store, as opposed to if they were to put the eggs in the fridge and leave them until they expire and then throw them away. Like this weird connection of like, if we just bought it, we hold things as much more precious because we hold a certain amount of value to them. But after they kind of expire, we're totally fine with throwing them away. Um, which is kind of like, yes, you of course don't want to eat rotten food, but uh, just making sure that value holds through the through the entire lifetime of what you buy is more or less what they're hopefully uh, talking about. At least that's what I got. Uh, they also chat about fridge space and plate sizes and how those have also proportionally been growing quite a bit over the past few years and the psychology of that. Uh, yes, they do reference in the video that there isn't a huge solution that they're trying to pitch, uh, but just having the idea on our radar that a lot of food gets wasted, and keeping uh, some of their statistics in mind when you're not only grocery shopping but cooking could also really help individuals out. Uh, and if you work for a company that happens to get a lot of food catered or having a big party coming up, they also bring on uh, Komal Ahmad, who is a CEO of a company called Copia. And her and her company's goal is to scale the donation process. So you basically get this app called Copia, and you type your specifics into the app, basically how much food you have, what kind of food it is, and where you are. And they will essentially have a driver come pick up that food uh, from you and deliver those food items to people that need it. So that's pretty cool stuff. Um, my take on this story and the reason that I wanted to bring it up is uh, is it's funny because my take on it has changed quite a bit since moving, and that's a good point to bring up as I've gone from more restaurant professional to, like, home cook who also does, like, private pop-up events because uh, my lifestyle has changed, right? Like, I used to be working in a restaurant all day. Um, I was in charge of, like, the waste and the food cost, making sure that I kept those food costs at a certain percentage and also making sure that staff meal... Uh, was great. It, it, it Staff meal is my favorite thing ever to make, so I love getting creative with leftovers and even like trim from vegetables and meat and fish uh, to make something delicious that can be enjoyed rather than thrown away. Uh, the problem with that is it's hard when you're someone who 
buys basically a head of cabbage at home and you use half and you literally can't figure out what to do with the other half. You can't just buy half a head of cabbage from the store. So having having that cook skill of using ingredients spontaneously is really hard to basically like instill in people. You have to cook a lot uh, to get that muscle uh, in you. Uh, but it, like even if you were to have that and you were able to be creative with stuff like that, the time constraint is also super, super difficult. Uh, and sometimes if you don't know how to use something, whatever your idea is to make may or may not take more time than just throwing away that vegetable or piece of meat. And if you value your time higher than that, food waste happens. And that's something that, that definitely happens. Uh, I've noticed this quite a bit as I'm cooking a lot more at home. I waste very, very little, uh, which is great. Uh, but that, that's that's coming from me, someone who, who cooks professionally. So I definitely love the idea of something like copia, but it's an issue that restaurants and even more of us that cook at home can kind of keep more in the front of our minds. And I think after you watch this video, it will kind of just give you a perspective, give you a researched uh, source of information so that you can make sure that um, food waste is at the front of your mind, it's one of those things that affects more than just the environment. It affects people, uh, and it's something that's happening now, which is something that uh, a lot of the people that talk about climate change uh, get frustrated about because the issues that they're talking about um, are future problems, whereas like food waste is something that's happening now. And with the most recent statistics putting the world population at seven and a half billion people, I checked, don't worry, we're at that number. That's a lot of people to feed. All right, so let's get into a few rapid fire stories now, kind of related to videos. If It's a very video-centric uh, episode today. The last story was videos, and now we're going into more videos. But uh, we will scale them on a rating uh, to definitely related to food and then kind of going down into not related to food at all. And that's where we'll finish up the show today. Uh, and that'll give you hopefully a list of things to do after the show. So first is a follow-up on our non-industry piece from last episode. Uh, I know I mentioned that it wasn't really that non-industry related, but uh, was it last episode or the episode before? I can't really remember. But if you remember, I talked about Katy Perry's Bon Appetit video. I broke down some of the lyrics and she just released a video and it's, well, you just, you need to watch it. It's funny. The lyrics are still funny to me and the song is surprisingly catchy. It's basically Katy Perry being prepared in the most sexual ways possible. It's, it's entertaining. So you should check it out. Next up is a story a few friends of mine have actually pointed me towards, uh, Master of None. Aziz Ansari's show on Netflix, whose first season was one of the best shows I've ever seen, is back with season two. Quick coffee sip. Uh, now, I don't even watch Netflix that much anymore. That's something you should hopefully know about me. Um, but I'm convinced uh, that I do the opposite of binge watching these days. So I will partake about once a week in an episode of a show. Currently, that show is Girl Boss. Don't judge. Uh, but I did sit down this weekend and watch the first two episodes of season two of Master of None. It's a great show, but the reason that we're talking about it is um, it applies to the emulsion, and that's because there's a lot of food involved. Uh, so Dev, the protagonist, who is played by Aziz Ansari himself, finishes season one by traveling to Italy to learn how to make pasta. 
and in season two, he actually eats at Osteria Francescana, the famed uh, spot in Modena from Massimo Bottura, another chef whose influence weighs pretty heavy right now. So the story goes, and I've linked this in the show notes, is that Massimo heard that they that Netflix was shooting a scene from this show at a local, I think it was a hotel or a restaurant, um, and he got jealous. He was basically like confused as to why they were to go to that space instead of his restaurant, and he offered them for free, I assume, to uh, shoot a meal in the private dining room of Austria Francescana, which is basically a wine cellar. You'll see it in episode two, and they put it in the show. It's like a real meal. It's not like scripted at all. The sous chefs come and drop the food, and Massimo explains it to him, uh, to these two actors, and they really just set up a camera and shot their expressions, their real expressions while they ate. It's pretty fantastic, and it's awesome to see celebrities enjoy food that much. Uh, so check out Master of None Season 1 if you haven't already, and then move on to Season 2. You definitely won't be disappointed. Last up, our non-industry piece, and that is a TED Talk that has been out for a few weeks right now, but I wanted to share it now because I'm on a bit of a productivity high this week. That's not just the mushroom coffee talking, uh, but that is Elon Musk's TED Talk of basically what he's up to right now in his life as you know the most interesting man in the world, as he is. Uh, I say that, but it's kind of true. He's 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 building solar roofs and rockets and self-driving semi-trucks and underground tunnels to solve the world's traffic problems. It's a great TED Talk. I think it's only like 40 minutes long. Uh, if you go on YouTube and hit the speed icon, you can watch it on double speed, so it'll only take 20 minutes of your life. I do that a lot with, with TED Talks or any sort of lectures. Uh, if you think uh, whatever's on your plate is too much, you will hopefully feel a little bit differently after you watch this TED Talk and hopefully come away with like a generous helping of inspiration. That's at least what it did for me. And I think that's where I'm going to leave you with this episode. So this has been um, episode lucky number 13 of The Emulsion. And regardless of whether you've been watching here live or you're on YouTube watching it post recording or you're on the podcast on iTunes, I want to thank you for listening. A quick note, I to anyone who enjoys this show on SoundCloud, I will be suspending, whoa, I will be suspending the podcast from SoundCloud. I'm not going to post it there anymore. If you somehow uh, are enjoying the show elsewhere and want it on SoundCloud, go ahead and leave a comment and I'll make sure to start that up again. But SoundCloud has this weird upload limit if you don't pay for it. And I'm already publishing on three platforms. Plus, if you don't have iTunes, you can just go to my website, www.justincana.com and click on my face that's talking to a microphone. And that is where I host the podcast uh, as like how I get it onto iTunes. I host it on my website. So all episodes are available for you there for your convenience. But yeah, SoundCloud is just, it's too much of a headache for not enough return. Um, I would much rather post it where people's attention is. So if you enjoyed this episode or want to be a part of the conversation, I ask that you leave a comment about today's question of the day, which I don't think we talked about. I don't think we have a question of the day today. So, um, how about if you're the first person to comment, you get this week's question of the day. You can talk about whatever you want. It just has to be related to what we talked about today. I will personally answer it as well as anyone else watching the show can respond as well. Go ahead and share this podcast to one of your social networks if you want. I know there's someone in your um, network or someone that you work with maybe that you could use a little bit more industry knowledge in their life. Go ahead and tag me uh, wherever you're posting or use hashtag the emulsion and I'll make sure that I say hi to you and that individual. Uh, so I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks in advance. I will 
keep you guys posted on interviews. Uh, again, I'm sending a ton of inter- emails this week, so hopefully those transpire into into exciting guests on the show. But I'm Justin Kana. Have a good one.